You are listening to Love That Voiceover. Brought to you by me, the talented voiceover artist, Rebecca Michaels Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca. Love That Voiceover brings you full length interviews and sometimes love bites, little quickies. Always the fresh perspective of personalities inside the industry about the art and artistry behind the mic. Hey, all you beautiful, fabulous, gorgeous, sexy, exciting people that are listening. This is Rebecca Michaels-Haw, your host. Today I have with me a very secret guest. He is an acting teacher of mine from my past in the San Francisco days, Mr. Ed Hooks. Welcome! Thank you. Thank you very much. I love your intro. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, Ed is really dear in my heart um, because he was teaching me when I was really first learning about acting for voiceover or acting in general. But the reason Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring Ed to talk to you all is to really kind of think about acting from a different perspective. Ed now specializes in teaching acting to animators. People who draw yep. the images, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. You've written a book. You do a lot of international traveling. Yeah. Give us a synopsis. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was an actor, you know, for a full-time actor for uh, almost 30 years in uh, New York and Los Angeles. Yeah, that's and, right. I uh, forgot about that. Yeah. He, he's really, yeah. he's really, tell him, okay, I'm sorry. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, I worked on uh, a lot of those television shows in the 80s. You know, The Fall Guy, Murder, She Wrote, Empty Nest, Full House, all those. Big names. Uh, all those shows. I did maybe a hundred of them. A Big lot of, names. A lot of shows, yeah. And I was trained in New York. Uh, I went to American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and then I studied with various people there in New York. And... Um, I did. I was in New York for almost eight years. I did a lot of plays and uh, commercials, and then went to LA. And I lived off of commercials, and I was doing the, you know, I working on the stage. Uh, so at some point along the way there in Los Angeles, I started uh, running an acting class for actors, you know, and we were the professional level stuff, right. and um, and then. And forget the exact year, but I was uh, I went up to uh, San Francisco because we we were inclined to get our daughter at the time who was going into the first grade to get her uh, uh, out of Los Angeles. And so we went to the Bay Area and I continued to commute back to uh, Los Angeles for uh, auditions and work and uh, to also work in San Francisco. And um, and I had my uh, acting classes uh, there. I had an acting studio in San Francisco, and that's where I met we you. met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that my life became working on these shows, commuting back and forth, teaching acting, and uh, in San Francisco mainly. And uh, and that was the way that was until 1996. In 1996, one of my acting students in San Francisco uh, said to me after class one night, he said, would you be um, willing to, uh, to, to teach a, a class on site 
And he said, I work for an animation company, and we're, we're making a movie. We've never done that before. We've only done commercials. Well, I didn't even know, I didn't even know what he did in, in the daytime. You know, actors have job jobs and, and such. <laughs> and uh, so um, I said, sure, why not? I'd, I'd be happy to do something like that. Right. What happened then was that the company that he worked for was called uh, Pacific Data Images, PDI, right. and it had been recently bought by DreamWorks. And, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> and, it's, and the first movie that they were making uh, was called Ants. Was it A-N-T-Z? And it uh, had uh, Woody Allen in it. And uh, yeah. So I went in there to teach the animators and screwed it up uh, <laughs> because I thought I knew how to teach acting. And, uh, and you did the you same know, thing with them. Sure. I, I, I figured there's, you know, if you want to learn to act, you get up and you act. I mean, come on, this is what you do. Let me work with you like I work with actors. And you get them up in front of the group and you make the animators who are totally introverts, probably. <laughs> yep. That's Freak exactly out. the problem. Oh, my gosh. You're on it. <laughs> so what happened was, I, cause I took, I, you know, I went in with scripts and, and, and improvisations and things for them to do. And, um, about the along about the third or fourth class, half of them just wouldn't come to class. Uh, and I, yeah, that's an anarchy. <laughs> and I hadn't. I I tell you, it was like hitting me in the face with 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 a fresh fish. I, uh, Gross. I, I I had never experienced that. Right. And. I could see that it was just, uh, you know, I, I, I just was lost. And, um, and so the human resources people took me to lunch. Right. <laughs> and I figured, well, that was, was going to be a nice fond farewell. And they said, well, you know, it's not, not working. And I said, yeah, I can see it. I'm sorry. I feel awful about this. I don't know why it's not working. And they said, well, we know that you are a good acting teacher because Ken, who was my student in the acting class, turned out he, he was head of special effects for this company. Oh, he wow. was in a big position. And so his, uh, he was taking acting classes just because he personally liked it. And, um, <laughs> and so he assured them that I was a good teacher. And, um, and they said, if you want to try something else, if you want to experiment, we'll keep you on and you can do that. So I said, well, thank you. <laughs> and I went back. I got all those animators together again. And I said, I said, okay, look here. I said, I think I understand something about acting. <laughs> but I, I, I obviously don't understand anything about animation. Poor Ed. And, <laughs> yeah. And I said, I said, what we need to do here is I need for you to show me how you do what you do. And I need to shut up and let me follow you around until I can get a handle on this. And then maybe I can come up with something. And that's what happened. 
you ended up writing a book, acting for animators. So this mm-hmm. obviously, you turned lemons into lemonade. You c- completely exactly right. took care of the people who were trying to learn something. They felt there was a gold nugget in there. and You really turned it into something that was rewarding for them. You ended up writing a book. You've been traveling internationally. Mm-hmm. This has obviously been received very well. What is it that you're actually communicating to the animators that, or what is it that you're teaching them? Well, the, 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 the big distinction between animators and actors is that actors, as you know, work in the present moment. Right. You know, I, I, I touch your cheek, you react, I react to your reaction, etc. Animators don't have a present moment. They have 24 frames make a second. They have an illusion of a present moment. And therefore, they do not need any of the sensory work that uh, that actors have because actors are all the time working on relaxation uh, you know concentration sense memory uh, emotional recall all these things and animators don't need to stimulate themselves emotionally in the present moment the actor in an animation is actually the animated character on the screen right and and the animator is more like a puppet master so once i figured that out then I said, okay, well, the reason why they left the class like they had was because I had them doing actor things, and they just didn't need it. And so I invented a way to teach them acting theory without having them get up and run around. I, do, I did it with uh, deconstructing clips from films, live action and animated, and showing them what works and what doesn't and why. Remember, this was 1996. Toy Story came out in 1995. So, Ants turned out to be only the second uh, computer animated movie ever. Wow. And I, it was just, I see, it was, I wouldn't have been smart enough to have pursued this. But, but you know what? There's, there's, there's something here. There's a lesson here for, for your listeners. And, and, and that is that the opportunities, Opportunities come, they come, they just, they come right past you every single day. The trick is to be able to recognize them. Yeah. And, you know, that, uh, I mean, if it, 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 I saw, once I saw that, that they didn't have a present moment, then it became like a challenge to me. I said, oh, wow. And so there were, there were no books. There was no acting for animators. I invented it. Sweet. So, yeah, and uh, and and so, and I tried. It, nobody wanted to put to publish this book. I, I had written seriously. Two, three nobody wanted to publish it. No, because Rebecca, they, the publishers that publish books for actors didn't know anything about animation. The people oh. who published books for animation didn't know anything about acting. Okay. They didn't, they didn't connect the dots. Yeah. And so what I would kept, and, 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 and mind you, I had written several books, or, excuse me, already for uh, actors. So I had some credibility as a writer. Sure. And, and the publishers would say to me, Ed, if animators needed their own acting book, there would already be one. 
And I said, no. You should have no. said, let me tell you one word, innovation. <laughs> I told him, I said, no, you're wrong. It's just not they don't it's do it the same yet. way. Yeah, yeah. And, and finally, a publisher who had a, a, a partner in life uh, who was an animator. Okay. The publisher, the editor there. Wow. Said, you know. And my partner says that this is a good idea. Wow. And so we'll, we'll try. And so they published a few copies, and it was immediately embraced by the uh, industry. And now it's been, it's, uh, been in, it's in its third revision, published now by Rutledge and, uh, in London. Amazing. And I've had, oh gosh, I don't know, many, 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 many people that have been through my classes so what was the first year that your book came out called Acting for Animators? It first came out in 2001, and then it was revised in 2003, and then it was published in a revised third edition in 2011. And uh, Very, Congratulations again. I know you've heard me say that before, but really... Amazing. Amazing that it's been embraced and you were really a, a, oh, a road paver in that case. It's an exciting time. I'm, I'm going um, in two weeks. I'm going to China. I'll be over there for almost three weeks. Uh, I'm going to teach at the uh, Communications University of China in Beijing and, uh, and then be doing some work in Shanghai. Yeah, you're always traveling, always. I have to tell everybody, Ed does this great newsletter that comes out relatively once a month, and it always is chock full of great information from the latest travels that he's been on, which is a short snippet that he gives you. But he always has another excerpt about acting, a kind of an acting theory, acting perspective. That's always a wonderful story. It's something that's from your life that gets triggered and creates this story that you want to tell about acting uh, somehow or another. You're a sweetheart. Well, anybody who wants to get that can send, just send me an email. My uh, email address is edhooks at edhooks.com. Great. E- easy enough. And I have a website, edhooks.com. Edhooks, E-D-H-O-O-K-S.com. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hang on with me, Ed. All right. During this quick break, I just wanted to ask you to go ahead and connect with me. Twitter, two ways, at Rebecca Michaels and at LoveThatVO. You can connect with me on LinkedIn by finding me as Rebecca Michaels. You can connect with me on Facebook on my Facebook page, Rebecca Michaels. My website for voiceover is LoveThatRebecca.com. And I'm also starting a voiceover improvisation workout group. So go to my website and go to the tab called Love That Improvo, Improv VO and get the information. I look forward to hearing from you in any way, shape, or form. Always. Love That VoiceOver brings you full-length interviews and sometimes love bites, little quickies. Always, the fresh perspective of personalities inside the industry about the art and artistry behind the mic. This show is a dream come true for me, and I offer you my gratitude, my deepest gratitude, Everyone, you beautiful, sexy, delectable, delicious, fun, funny people that are listening. And very, very deep gratitude also to my incredible and wonderful and talented guests who (laughs) let me spend a little quality personal time with them. Now back to the show. 
All right, we're back. We're back with the fantastic Ed Hello. Hooks. Hello. Do you work <laughs> much with uh, with companies that are doing that are developing games, uh, or are you dealing with universities yeah. or wh- who are the no, people no. that you're interfacing Not with? Universities. No, no. You're talking about developers, companies like Electronic Arts and uh, Valve in. Uh, up in Washington State, yeah. Microsoft, uh, Epic Games. Uh, you know, the voice actors rarely interface with the animator, or the person who's developing the character. And oftentimes, the, the voice comes before the animation is created. When you're working with the animators and you're teaching them theory, do you use examples uh, with voice? Uh, well, you're right about the about the procedure where the voice comes first. Just as an interesting side note is that that's the way we do it in the United States. You know, they don't do that in in Japan. They they do it the other way around. Uh, Miyazaki, who does his the, the fabulous movies, uh, I love him. You know, uh, Miyazaki does animation first and then voice. Fascinating. It is. I think that I think that in the United States, I think maybe Lady and the Tramp was the first uh, uh, animated feature where they recorded voice first, and um, then once they started using celebrity voices in the main parts, uh, then they started making the characters resemble. You know, when they, they go into yeah. a recording session and they record Robin Williams or someone. And uh, and they they shoot video of them while they're recording. Right. Oh God, there's so much, Rebecca. There's so much that I, I my mind wants to tell you all these things about recording uh, because it's really different. Many of the people who are running these sessions for uh, voices in the animated features and the games don't know anything at all about how voice actors do what they do or how actors do what they do at all. Except from the experience in that room doing it over and over again. Yeah. And so what'll happen is like, okay, so say you, Rebecca, you get yourself a, they call you up and they want you to come in and do this. So you go in and they tell you, could you do it? uh, do, do Do this happier and faster, this particular line here. And uh, they say, oh, sort of like this, and then they'll maybe do it for you. Right. And so in your mind, you're saying, this guy does not have a clue. But you're not going to tell him that because no. you're, you're, you're <laughs> punching the meter. <laughs> yeah, you're there for a purpose. That's right. And so what you're going to do is you're going to do the best you can to give him what it is you want. You're going to translate what he's asking for into something that you can play without having to explain to him what you're doing. And then when it gets it, then he says to his friends, you say, see, that's what good direction is. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of the movies uh, and, and also the games, they'll record them with one actor in a booth. Yes. And give you a headset. They'll record the actors separately. You're playing off of a pre-recorded voice as a partner, a scene partner, and you know there's no, you can't act with that. You, what you can do is give it to do something that sounds like you're acting, 
but you really cannot act with that because the performance is fixed. And one of the things about acting with actors is the unpredictability of it. Right, and the authenticity of the... um, Well, the interaction. Yeah, the interaction, the immediate interaction. That's right, that's right. the in-person interaction. Yeah, there was a movie uh, out a couple of years ago now called Rango. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And that movie was directed by Kurt Verbinski, who had only directed live action. He did all those Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He had not done animation, and so he did not know how to do what they do at Pixar in Disney. And he just did it the way that he thought made the most sense. So he cast his actors, and then he rehearsed them. And then he took him on to a soundstage at Paramount, and he set up a recording studio there along with the, along with his uh, video, and he had them learn their lines, okay? <laughs> wow. He had them learn lines. He gave them a box of toys, like wooden swords and, and fake beards and paper hats and stuff, and they played with one another in real time, and he shot reference, what they call reference, he'd videotape this. Right. So, so after that was done, he took that voice track to Lucas, to uh, ILM, and, and said, okay, so this is what we're going to make the, the movie out of. Okay, this is radically different radically. Uh, from the way that the thing is usually done. And what I, the reason I'm taking so much time telling you about this is because you're going to see more of this. You think? And, and, and your listeners need to know this. Is this they, for the feature definitely. animation? Do you think that's feature animation or do you think that's going to happen for other things too? Other things too. Because, because actual acting, when you and I act together... My, you know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say, and the uh, so so in a way, it's a process of repetition. But my gift to you is going to be to trick you, to make you think that I may not say what I'm supposed to say. Right. And the reason is because you're going to be sharper. That's my gift to you, and you're going to give me the same gift. Right. That's. That's why they call them plays, because you're playing. <laughs> and you, yes, it's and so you, beautiful. <laughs> and you cannot play in a booth by yourself with headphones on. You can only pretend right? a, to a certain degree, but there isn't that same visceral, in-person interaction that becomes right. a different level. That's right. And if you watch Rango and just turn your head and listen to that soundtrack, you can hear the snap in it, the snap, the crackle, the, the, uh, the spontaneity, unpredictability. So they, the animators had a lot more to work with. This production model of voices that are recorded in real time uh, instead of in a booth is, is going to come. You're going to see more of it. There's, there's no question about it. Well, I hope and so. I'd love to. I'd love to know that because from all of the actors that I've spoken to so far, 
And I don't mean just for love that voiceover, but I mean, as a professional actor, I'm talking to other people and I'm listening to what's happening. And they all always say that they prefer the ensemble performance. It's just that Mm -hmm. much. But, you know, part of it is because the camaraderie that comes out of it and that this world of voice acting is changing because so many people are working out of their own home, personal, professional studios. So they don't Mm -hmm. go and work together, but they really enjoy that experience. And it seems, you know, from what the feedback is that they say that they get, that there is a better experience um in the in the actual sound of the voices and the mm-hmm. engagement that it creates i suppose for the viewers it's yeah. because of the spontaneity thanks for listening you sexy beautiful adorable person lots of love to you and catch my latest at lovethatvoiceover.com until next time take care <laughs>